How to find other people to play against or with. That's one of the biggest problems facing the miniature hobby enthusiasts these days, at least based on my own anecdotal data. Well, on this joint episode between Paint All The Minis and the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast, Dan and I are on a mission to solve it. Will we succeed? Possibly not. But will we die trying? Almost certainly. Let's get down to business. I hear a lot of people who are like, I ain't ever got time to play or I ain't got anyone to play with. That, that's like two common complaints that a lot of people have, right? It's, it's finding the time to have those games. And then it's also, I don't have anyone to play with. And especially when you think about, like, I wouldn't say non, non-mainstream games, that's not true, but non, just like maybe not the, the headline games that, that are from the usual producers of games. So it's like, if you want to play like a, a Moonstone or you want to play a Drop Fleet Commander or Drop Zone Commander, for example, those are really good games. But if you said to somebody who plays more mainstream games, said, hey, do you want to play that? They might kind of poo-poo it and be like, no, I don't want to try any new games. I don't want to play these ones that I know they are in the public eye more. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so I guess I kind of t- talk to me about your current do you, do you get as many games in as you want right now? Are you looking to get more games? Like, what's your current status? So when I when I first got back into the hobby, it was the old, um, and lots of listeners will be familiar with, with this, just um, talking the wife into playing something with me. Um, and I'm not talking about even like a middle-of-the-road board game that we could kind of meet halfway on. I was just like getting the full Kings of War regiments out and everything, you know, setting up the upside-down Subutio map. Um, and she humoured me a bit but especially now we've got a wee girl there's just no chance of being able to do that or you know if we get some free time together we're probably going to spend it doing something different um, so the the recent games that I've got I've been with my pal Robert who I mentioned um, he's been on the show a few times and the good thing about that is like he's a big RPG player he's done a lot of D&D over the course of his life so he didn't really do um, your more traditional miniature games, but it was it was easy for him to jump into this sort of thing. So we've been playing some Rangers of Shadow Deep, we did some Song of Blades and Heroes, um, and we've got a few more games of various things lined up as well. So how 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 often are you playing? What's the the kind of frequency of you playing? And are you happy enough with that? Yeah, I would say so. So in the in the sort of um, winter months which in Scotland is like 10 months of the year. Um, we were, uh, I reckon we were, we were hitting about monthly. And I was, to be honest, I'm really happy with that. I've got a lot of wee um, projects and things that I do on an ongoing basis. So I don't, I don't like to pack my schedule full. I don't like to feel like I'm too busy. So if I'm making space for a game, you know, I like to see it on the calendar and I've got a couple of weeks. Maybe there's a couple of extra miniatures I need to get ready for it. So it's a nice... Um, adds a nice bit of depth you know I'm, I've got that paint motivation to work towards something I know that the game's coming up and I know that after the game we could have a bit of a chat about it for the podcast too so there's just there's loads of layers to it if you like it's not just we meet up we play a game and it's forgotten about yeah so are you so once a month I mean because you've got to also think about we talked about this previously in terms of like hobby and in seasons and different things like that and you've got a, a young family so that takes <clears throat> precedence you're also quite into keeping yourself in trim as well. So that, that kind of is above like, what is, is those the two things that are above gaming? You obviously got work, you got family and you got kind of like fitness stuff. Is there anything else that goes above gaming? Is gaming like your fourth priority? 
Um, my podcast and stuff too. So like, um, yeah, running my audio drama show takes a lot of work as well. So, yeah. um, the gaming's important to me, though, because and the painting and stuff because it's it's good leisure time, it's good downtime. But yeah. I don't think we'll get as much it done in the summer purely because when you do get those um, sunny days, you want to probably be out in it rather than stuck indoors, yeah. or at least I do anyway. So. So like, I guess the kind of point that I'm trying to kind of guide us towards there is that maybe before you start like putting posters up around the local area asking to play games with people, you kind of maybe a good idea to think about how often you want to play, who do you want to play with, what sort of people, uh, you know, do you want to play on a night, week, weeknight? Do you want to play on a weekend? Do you want to play once per month? Is that enough? And and what sort of games do you want to play? Because you mentioned like, you know, trying to tempt the wife into King's War. Like, that's a tough sell. Right? Yeah, that's, that's that's a hard one to sell, uh, and I'll talk more about that and and what me and my wife play and how I started that uh, a little bit later. But yeah, probably kind of my advice to to people who who are thinking about playing on a regular basis or playing more is think about well, what would you be happy with? Because um, you want to avoid that new gym, that new gym situation, don't you? You know where you've you know eaten eaten all of the turkey over Christmas, and then it's like oh, I need to join a gym. So you hand your hand your money over. You go every day for the first two weeks and then never to be seen again. Like you want to avoid that situation. You mm. want to make sure that that when you're starting off something new, you want to make sure that it's a regular habit. And that term regular is something that can completely be defined by you. So you saying that playing once a month is 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 what you like. You like to look forward to it. You like having it on the calendar. You like kind of counting down to it and preparing yourself for it. Now that that's that's an important step, right? Because once you've created that slot you can then look for someone to fill that slot. She says, that kind of makes sense. Right. So did you do that beforehand or were you just like, Hey, Robert, like, like, how did you, how did you, so talk about personal experience. Like how did you go about why Robert, why not wife? Why not somebody else? Yeah. Just, uh, I guess it made a lot of sense. A pal who lives close by, um, we're always talking about cause he's got a wee girl as well. So it's, it's, it's right. difficult for us to get together. Um, and, you know, sometimes you think we should go to the pub, but you know what? You go to the pub, there's a whole other load of logistics around that, like getting home and are you working the next day and stuff like that. So yeah. um, rather than doing that, it, it seemed to make a lot of sense of, you know, well, let's just grab an afternoon. Um, we'll meet up and we'll we'll roll some dice and see how that goes. Because he was really up for it too. It wasn't a forced thing. It wasn't a, you know, please come along and humor me. Like um, he's really into that sort of stuff too. So um, yeah, it just made a lot of sense. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. Yeah, and, and if and if people are looking for someone to play, they're looking for players in the area, or they're looking to do because, like I said, it's a it's a fairly common it's a common response when you ask around. Like you say, "Oh, hey, you're into that too," uh, you know, and you get around to talking and chatting, and people talk about time, don't they? Be an issue, and they talk about uh, not having anyone. Those are the main things. So we're trying to kind of eradicate both of those to get more people more people to play. So you're a once a month man, um, and so you mentioned that you was into RPG. So what games did you start to play and, and why, and what was your approach to him and that? Was it just like, I want to play this game. Do you want to play this game that I want to play? Or like, how did that evolve into doing what you do? What was it? How did the conversation go? How did it come about? Yeah, I think I'd suggested that we, we get together and have a wee game, a song and blades, a song of blades and heroes. It's quite difficult to say sometimes, but, um, and I was just saying to him, look, it's a really like, um, easy 
uh, skirmish game, you know, low barrier to entry, not because I thought he was thick or anything. He, he picks <laughs> these things up quicker than I do, uh, which obviously isn't hard. But I, I thought let's 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 put the least barriers in the way here and just see how it goes. You know, we won't need loads of time. We won't need loads of miniatures. We won't need loads of gear. So it was really easy to set up, easy to get together and had had a game and it was really good fun. And I thought, as much as I love that game, I thought maybe there's scope for doing something a bit more ongoing because we just can't, we, you know, I brought along 12 miniatures, made two warbands, fought each other. Um, one of us won, I can't remember who, but that was it. And I know you can do campaigns with that game, but I was at that point getting really into the Rangers of Shadow Deep book. And I thought this is a, a great opportunity to do something cooperative and really story driven and I, you know I just really liked what I saw in that book so we've done a, a few games of that now and thoroughly enjoyed it so I think we'll kind of stick on that for a wee bit um, and just kind of play the story through yeah yeah so so that that's cool man uh, and so I think the kind of first thing that we kind of think about and, and talk about the first kind of bit that I would recommend is, and that we both recommend it sounds is like, like figure out how often you want to play and figure out what you'd like to play. I think that's an important, important thing. Right. And that's not a case of like, well, I can only play on Saturday and I can only play this game. Like that, that's pretty, that's pretty closed. And that's fine though. Like if you want to do that, it's totally fine. It's like, I only want to play battle tech. And I only want to play at 2 p.m. on a Sunday, right? <laughs> I mean, like you can you can be that. That's one end of a spectrum. Or you can be like, I don't mind what I play. I don't mind when I play. That's the complete opposite end of that spectrum in terms of open. So open and closed. You need to find yourself on that kind of spectrum. How about you in terms of openness? So say if like Robert hit you back and was like, oh, hey, man, uh, there's this kind of game that I've been wanting to try for a long time. And... Uh, you know, I, I was about we give it a whirl. We tried a couple of games that you like. I was about we try this game. What would your response to that be? No, I only want to play my own games. <laughs> uh, no, I'm only joking, of course. Yeah, of course I would. Yeah, because that that's that's gonna that's that'll be important a little bit later in the stuff that we talk about in terms of like give and take. But yeah, so you think that first kind of thing? Do you think it's important to think about like how often you'd like to play and what you'd yeah. like to play? Would you kind of be in agreement with that? Definitely, and I hadn't given it much thought, but yeah, like like you're saying, imagine you spend all that time and you like really want a game or something, and then you find somebody and they they're proper texting you every other day, and you're like, look, I I want to do like every six weeks, and and they're like, no, we'll meet tonight. We can meet tonight. I've got a hotel room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got a hotel room. Some D six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's interesting. That's a bit, it's it's important. I think that's an important step that we need to think about beforehand, um, because yeah, you don't you don't want to be like. Um, yeah, palming the other guy off because he's so much more into it than you are, and, and avoiding avoiding that new gym scenario, I think, is something that's really important because, and that goes for any hobby or any activity that you do. You want it to be sustainable long term, and you want it to be a positive habit, I guess, right? And it, you want it to be something that you look forward to. So, if you're gaming like once a month with Robert, like there's something to look forward to. It's, it's a positive habit to get into. And it's, it's something that occurs and you, you're looking forward to it, you're counting it down, you're preparing for it, you're getting ready for it. And it's something that you continue to do on a regular basis, right? I'm just laughing at the thought of your wife looking through your phone and you've got loads of texts for somebody like, can we meet? Can we meet? Can we meet? <laughs> Why are you not texting me back? She's like, what's going on? Oh, it's, just, it's, a, it's a guy off the internet. He wants to play. He wants to play Age of Sigmar. He wants uh, to meet. He wants to meet me. He wants to meet me yeah. and wear a, wear a yellow ribbon in his hair. Yeah. So <laughs> right. You've, let's uh, let's say let's say you figured out you figured out how often you want to play, and you figured out what sort of things you'd like to play. 
So let's say we're that person. We're creating this person, right? He's figured out that he wants to play again after a while. He knows what sort of games he wants to play. He knows how often he wants to play them. What, what might be the next step for somebody or what step have you made? What experience do you have in making those steps to, to making that idea become a reality? The first one, obviously, we've touched upon it already. It's just somebody that you already know. Um, and I don't quite like the word convert because it sounds a bit um, religious fanatic. But um, yeah, there might be somebody right in front of you, metaphorically speaking, that would be right up for having a few games. Yeah, and there seems to be two routes here. There's there's people that play already or people that could play, right? There's like there's, there's two routes there. One's one's a lower hanging fruit, one's a higher, a higher fruit. So I'd say the lower hanging fruit is is figuring out who plays those games already, right? Now you said about converting a pal, right? Would you say that was the low hanging fruit, or would you say that's the high the, the, the higher fruit? I suppose it depends on the individual, depends on your group of pals, you know. Um, I think it's, it, yeah, it's a crap answer, but it, it really depends. Now, if, you were to gen- if, you were, if we were to generalise, right, I mean, if you take your friends, take both of your friends, me and Robert, <laughs> if you take like just a cross-section of your of people that you know, acquaintances, how many of them do you believe would say yes straight off the bat if you wanted to play a game with them? A small percentage, a yeah, a small, small percentage. percentage, yeah. And I, 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 reckon, yeah, I was just going to say as well that the benefit, though, if you can find your existing friend, it's just that you're already friends with them for certain reasons, so they're not going to... You, know, you, you could find somebody that's like right into the same games as you and stuff, but that, I don't know, they might just really annoy you. They might have like... They might turn up and just stick a box of fudge donuts on the table and start like eating crumbs all over the table. Like, you don't know. This is yeah. just a stranger that you've met. So well, that's yeah, the, that does... the benefit of a friend <laughs> is that you've you've kind of I you've you've ensured that all that shit's not going to happen. So well, that that's and this is where it gets it gets interesting for me in terms of my social phenomenon stuff. It's like I'm a big advocate of don't do what you can't undo. Until it, until you know what you won't be able to do because of what you did. Let me say mm-hmm. that again. Don't do what you can't undo until you know what you won't be able to do because of what you did. Right. So, so if if I've got if I've got a friend, I'm wary. Like previous friends that I have before I played games and stuff like that, I'm, I'm pretty wary of introducing them to games. So it's like if you've got a mate and you've become mates because you're really into football. If I then start sidetracking him to board games and he's a prick when he's playing board games then I might, I might not, the friendship might be different. Does that kind of make sense? It might not be as good as it was before. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm not saying, kind of say I wouldn't do that, but I'm always a little bit wary of it. And I have had success with that converting a friend, but I would say that's quite a, unless, unless you, unless you're both saying, like you said that Robert, he seems to be into RPGs and stuff like that before. That's not my experience with my friends. Like none of my friends really play these games really only a very few so converting a friend it's is it a risky business i suppose it's not a risky business it shouldn't be a risky business but i don't know it's like i guess it comes to the, the teach like the teach so i had a friend who i worked with and uh i got him to come play a few board games with me i didn't go straight mass battle game because i thought that might be a big a big sell straight away a little bit like teaching the teaching the wife or asking the girlfriend to play a game with you but it's like your teacher's got to be Bob on. I think if you convert in a friend 
I think you need to be doing something that is very simple. Like you mentioned your game and you mentioned that it was a low bar entry, right? So did mm. you specifically choose that game? Cause it's quite simple and quite easy to pick up to help that conversion of a friend. Yeah. And as much for myself as, as um, him, like I say, he's more switched on all this than I am. So um, for me, I've, I've actually played relatively few games in my life, despite spending years doing this sort of stuff. So um I thought if we play this, I'm not going to be messing about looking at a book half the time. We will get the hang of it really quickly. Um, so, yeah, I think that was part of the, the choice to go for that game. And So if someone is thinking about converting an existing friend, I would say that's like a higher fruit, but they do say the higher fruit is the sweeter fruit, right? The low-hanging fruit is the rotten stuff, the stuff that's going to fall off the, the part that everyone can reach for. So I think converting a friend is a great place to, to, to start in terms of having access to more people because you're friends with them anyway, and you're obviously friends with them for a reason anyway. And if you can get them into the, into the sort of things, it might be a, might be a new thing that you can do together. But I think what I'd say is the recommendation for that is you, you teach of the game has got to be bomb on because if, if you get them in, and cause you might be a little bit, a little bit apprehensive about it. Right. I mean, a lot of my friends have been like, cause a lot of my friends I know from hobbies that aren't board gaming, they aren't, tabletop war gaming so if i've introduced them to it it's because i think they might like it but there's still that that they're putting themselves in your hands aren't they you know what i mean it's like okay it's, it's like yeah what's it like lord of the rings mate where like is it golems in the, the forbidden pool uh when frodo's been captured by the gondorian rangers you, you know that scene yeah <laughs> Yeah, where like Frodo goes down, he goes, Smeagol, come with, come with me. And Smeagol's like, we've got to go now. And he's like, yeah, 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 come, come with Master. It's like kind of like that, like a, at the teach. Do you know what I mean? It's like they're putting a little bit of their trust in you. It's like, yeah, I'll come around to your house. And yeah, I'll play that board game. There's, a, there's only a small percentage, don't get me wrong, but they're, they're putting their enjoyment of an evening in your hands. Right? You with me? You got that? Mm, and yeah. so, so the teach... You've got to get that bob on because if they have a shit time and if you've got your nose in a rule book the entire time or you're flustered or flummoxed or not sure what you should be doing or shouldn't, that's going to detract away from the positivity of their evening, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know that when I when I played my mate, because I was I was big into V Commandos at that time or V Sabotage as it is, I was like, mate, I think you'd really like this game. So I, I made sure that I knew the rules inside out and I played it a few times myself solo so that when I was inviting him into it, and this, this is the words of Alessio Cavatori, the, the games writer. He, he said, you should be spending a lot of time thinking about what you're going to do, not thinking about the rules. And so mm-hmm. my job with my mate, that first one was, I just want him to be thinking about the cool stuff that he can do on the tabletop. I don't want him to be thinking about the rules. And so people say that I overthink certain things in certain ways, but because I kind of felt that I smashed that, I crushed that, I'd like to feel that it made it more likely that he'd enjoy it. And therefore, it would make it more likely that he'd want to return and play more games because of the positive experience that he had. Whereas a flip side experience was when me and the wife tried to play another game. I'm not going to name it because I don't want to poo-poo it. But we were playing a different game and I didn't really prepare so much for it. And the game was quite clunky in terms of flipping to this page, flipping to that page, no glossary at the back of the book. And so we spent the majority of the time looking at the rule book and and we've not played that game ever again since because Mm. of that. So, so I'd say like, you know, very kind of go around the houses here, but if you are converting a friend, make sure you're on the ball with what you're playing. Like I wouldn't be recommending playing a game for the first time with, with together 
if you if, if it's the first kind of tentative steps, maybe the first time he's ever played that board game or the first time he's ever played that tabletop board game, you want to try and give that person the best possible experience that, that you can so that it's more likely to stick, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how much preparation did you do with, with your mate? Just kind of um, made sure that, that I had uh, picked out two warbands that were pretty much evenly matched, and it's got a it's got a very easy point system, so that wasn't too hard to do. Um, went up half an hour before we were due to meet and just um, set a wee table out. So yeah, it didn't didn't take a lot of prep, but I made sure I was prepared. If you know what I mean, we weren't. Yep. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to turn up and have to do anything because again, that falls back on what you've just said there. You know, you just want somebody to turn up and have a good time playing the game yeah and that's and that's it's something that's easy said and you have to put yourself out a little bit but it's, it's kind of nice to do that isn't it you know what you mean like even if it's non-game related and someone just coming around to your house you probably tidy up before they come around right you probably get a few you know nibbles you know maybe a bowl of peanuts you get a few beers in the fridge or whatever you've maybe asked them before they come around hey man i'm getting some beers for the weekend you know what do you drink you know, those are nice things to do right you kind of you've got to kind of open yourself up a little bit to be accommodating and i think the more accommodating you can be then then the better right yeah absolutely what are yeah. I, I'd heard you mention Space Hulk before. You used that as a bit of a gateway drug, didn't you? Because it's quite a yeah. good, like, out of the box game. Yeah, it's 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 like so. When I've when I thought about converting this existing friend, it's it's like that's been my most successful. I would say so. The most the most positive experiences that I've, that I've had in this hobby have been from uh, introducing people that I already know into into the world. You know. Um, that, that's been the best thing. And, and Space Hooker's been a really good one. Yeah, I, I much prefer um, boxed entities um, for initial experiences, I would say. Something that's a lot more clean cut. It's a lot more definitive in terms of like, yeah, trying to avoid true line of sight, trying to avoid inch movement. That's for me personally. So Space Hooker would be great. It's like, oh, you've got four action points. And the things that you can do with your action points are this, 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 and this. And mm. then how far do they move? They move one square. So that cuts out a lot of stuff because it's like this guy moves six inches. This guy moves 12 inches. This guy has got a jetpack on, so he doesn't count height movement. I, f- I find that with like those games that are quite freeform, if we, if you kind of use that spectrum that I mentioned before, like open, open environment and closed environment, if I'm playing, if I'm trying to convert a friend who's never really played games before, I'm, I go much closer to the closed environment. Because there's much, there's much less kind of clunk, I would call it clunk. But, you know, it's like this guy has got four action points. He can move, he can shoot, he can scratch his ass. Like, and he can do any of those three things, uh, and, you know, as many times as he wants. So my mate might go, okay, right, he's going to go forward once, he's going to shoot, and he's going to scratch his ass. And then he's going to go forward again. You're like, all right, happy days. So that, that player is thinking more about what they can do with their individual pieces as opposed to, oh, this is like, I don't know, what can this guy do? And he moves this distance. And then if he's moving over this barrier, you, do, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I think it's my, my job as the host to try and take any barriers or hurdles out the way of that individual, especially with the formative experience. So Space Hook is good because also with that, it's like a versus game. It's like a VS game. Um, and this is what we'll come on to as well when we talk about you know how to make that experience is like, 
I'd be the gene stealer player in Space Hulk. You know, there's there's Terminators which are humans against these these aliens. No one, I don't don't pe- that not many people like to play the Terminators. Not not many people like to play the aliens. So I would my job there is just to make sure this person has a nice time. So I will change the level of competitiveness based on how well that person is doing. So mm-hmm. so if if he's a complete newbie. Uh, I would, you know, purposely make mistakes or purposely not push an attack that I know could be successful because I I know that I'm playing the long game with this person. Like I, if I absolutely slam him and like pin his balls to the floor, he's going to be like, well, why would I ever, why would I ever play with you again? It was shit. It's just basically just like trashed me in. So, I mean, did, did you do that too when you were playing your first game? Would you like ease off and, and ease them into it? Or were you like, no, this is the best way to learn. I'm going to slam, slam you. Nah, because I, it's not a game I'm particularly good at. Um, you know, <laughs> I've, not, I've not actually played it loads myself. Like I, I know right. it pretty well. But yeah, I mean, with two balanced forces playing that game, I dare say you could be really good at it. But no, we, we had a, a very even game in it. If I remember correctly, I think he beat me. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. well, you should just say, mate. You should take that. Yeah, it's intentional. Yeah, you know, I eased off, let yeah. you let ease you into it. But yeah, I mean, but like, like I said, I mean, I I think about this a lot because I, I want that person to have a decent time. I want them to have a nice time. I want them to feel like they're part of it. I don't because I've had that experience, the, the the opposite end of the spectrum negatively. You know, so when I was first starting out in America, like a lot of the players that I would play in were competitive players. And they were absolutely curb stomping me, like like just not holding back anything. And then it, they were like, "Yeah, that's the best way to learn. Like you need you need to get through this learning curve as quickly as possible." And I was like, "Well, I understand that, but also this is not interesting for me, like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was just it, and not everyone was, you know, not everyone was, you know, some people were the exact opposite. Some people were really accommodating, really kind of." helpful and things like that but have an experience like that negative side where it was difficult to play again because of the experience that i would had on the tabletop that kind of mm-hmm. makes me very very uh, sensitive to people's feelings in those formative experiences now don't get me wrong i, I don't want to play that role forever and I'm, I'm in the process of indoctrinating a new mate <laughs> into into the world of, of games at the moment um, but you kind of, I think you've got to get someone's feet under the table before, before you start serving them the meal, so to speak, you know? And yeah, so I, I would say that the second thing you need to do, if you, if you, if you, if you starting to go down this road of thinking about converting an existing pal is, is, is knowing the game well, know what you're doing and, and make it fun for the individual because them watching you flip through a rule book is not fun. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we need to establish that is that you reading a rule book or them reading a rule book is is not your idea of an exciting night, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I I mean the less stuff you're kind of shuffling through and looking through and you know, rummaging through a box or a bag and looking through a book, yeah. You, you need to at least give the um give the aura of knowing what you're doing, I think. So Yeah. Yeah. And um I think DMs like people talk about DMs for like RPG games, you know, being, being a game manager, a GM or DM, whatever you want to call it, being a game manager really helps with this, you know, where people's enjoyment is in your hand or people that work in kind of like um, situations, like not necessarily marketing, but you know, like people that uh, maybe like events, if you've ever worked an event, if you've ever, if you've ever held a party or a stag do, if you, or a dinner party, 
you know, it's like, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you, if I, I was, I was my brother's best man. And like, so I organized this stag party and everything was geared around everyone having a really decent time. So you have to spend that time and think about like, well, what do people like? What do people want to do? And kind of like what you want to do and what you like kind of goes out the window for a certain period of time. Right. It's kind of, I felt it was the same when I was trying to convert friends. It's like what I want out of this and what I like about this, it, it kind of needs to be held on pause and because I want to get that in maybe five games time. So there's, there's a guy who lives across the way from me, actually, in my apartment complex. He, he lives across the way and he's, he's really, just been a really nice, quiet guy that I've kind of known in passing for, for ages. Uh, and my wife kicks around with his wife. They go out, do different bits, shopping or whatever. And I, I just never really thought of like just hanging out with him. So I was like, hey, man, like, um, I, like I like playing board games. You like board games? And he's like, I never really played any. And I was like, okay, well... Uh, there's this game called called Memoir 44 that I quite like. Here's a here's a video like how to play video of it. You know, have a quick look at it. And if you want to just hang out and and grab a beer, just give me a shout. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a try. And so like we've played a couple of games of Memoir 44 now. We played another a couple of games of War Chest. And he seems like he's really into it. Like he seems like he's really into like the the mental process of figuring out how to beat another person. Uh, he's like he said, wow, I didn't even know that these games existed. Because like, you know, we're, we're on board games right now, as I mentioned, between like open and closed environment. I'm working in a closed environment, something that's a lot more clean cut. Something like Memoir 44 is a good starting point because it's on a board. Uh, you just get a set of dudes, pre, pre, predefined group of dudes. You get some cards and it says, do this, do that, do that. It's very, very simple. And the way that the units move, the way that the units interact is very, very simple. So that I've set him on the positive path. Now, I didn't get so much personally out of the mem first Memoir 44 game because what I was doing, I was, just, I was teaching him and I, my job was to just raise myself to his level so that if he was doing really shit, I would just deflate myself and be really shit. And then if he was doing quite well, I would inflate myself to be a little bit better. I was just, I was mirroring what he was doing and he seems to have had a positive time and we played games subsequently since and he seems to have a positive um, experience of that. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's something that I think is really important to, to know the game well, know what you're doing and, and make it fun and interactive with the other person. I think that's, that's really important. So, so in terms of, of your perspective, if you're kind of talking about converting a friend and the positiveness of that and the things that we should do, is there anything you, you can add, do you think? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't want to labor the point. Um, but like I say, it'll, it'll depend on the individual, won't it? A lot, like some people, they might just either have no friends or, or have no friends that are up for it so um but yeah. fortunately there, there's plenty other options here too isn't there yeah so go on so go on because so so say if you don't want to convert an existing friend say you know you just moved to a new city you don't don't have any friends in that local area uh what what are other options mate give me another, give us another one yeah here's an open goal dan you you know this well playing with yourself um is always <laughs> an option so uh yeah we we talked about rangers of shadow deep earlier and it's as as far as i'm aware it's like the most popular sort of game of its type in terms of that you could play it on its own i'm prepared to stand corrected on that but certainly the one i'm aware of the most um so a good starting point if you're desperate for a game is just to get something like this which is essentially just a book. You could use whatever you have and you can just set up a small game yourself and just play through it. And that might even, you know, it's it's probably not your end game unless you live like in Antarctica or that and never see anyone and don't have any hope of seeing anyone. But it's a good way to just learn the rules and stuff like that as well. So 
it, it ties into the converting a friend because you might think, okay, let me let me nail down how this game works, just playing it on my own, and then when it comes to to playing it with my friend, I'll I'll be pretty well versed with it. So yeah, for a lot of people, that's not going to be the end game, but it's it's a good way that you can you know if you're really itching to just have a game or something you can actually just do it mm. so what about you some other positives of, of playing solo you've got the fact that you can you know pre- prepare for playing somebody else that's a big positive is there any other positives that you see about playing solo games i think a couple so like if you've got a if you've got an area in your house that you've set up temporarily for a game it's kind of on your own terms so you've maybe just got a game set up, you know, like you see in TV and that people have got the chessboard with a with a game that's in motion, but they're not playing it. Maybe they mm. come up, move a piece here and there. You could have one of those just in your house, you know, go up, just, um, you know, shoot my crossbow, reload it, move up here. That's me done. I'm away out. Um, so you could have one of those ongoing games. But I think that the, the big benefit is it's totally on your own terms. Like if you, if you weirdly have a schedule where, 2am to 3am is your free time um, I don't know why that would be maybe night shift or something like that but that is a point where you could just get a game, it's not like you need to either wake your wife up or convince your friend to come round at that time so totally on your terms isn't it Yeah I think that's the biggest the biggest thing isn't it, it's like that's, that's why historically I've painted a lot more than playing because if I'm painting I can choose whatever I want to do it you know, I can choose, you know, like you say, the 2 a.m. Yeah, I think that that's a really important point in playing solo. And it's a good confidence builder, I'd say, as you mentioned, like kind of if you're prepping, not necessarily even prepping to play games with others, but um, like we'll talk about this a little bit if, when we start talking about reaching out to maybe complete, di- completely different people. But it's a little bit daunting, like playing somebody that you don't know for the first time. And depending on who you are, and your your social skill or your just experience of social situations, the, the meet, meeting somebody you've never met before in a completely unknown place, it, it could potentially be quite daunting, right? And they need to remember that everyone's different and everyone's got different responses to things. So, so yeah, just I think playing playing with yourself can enable you to to gain to gain confidence. I remember when I was first learning forty k. I really appreciated watching battle reports on YouTube because I'd be painting, but I'd just be listening to what the the hosts were saying in terms of the mechanics of the game. So that when I went to play somebody else, I could make that experience more positive because I knew what was happening. So mm-hmm. I think solo game solo games are a great way to do that too. Like you mentioned, you can you can make your mistakes in a solo game so that if for if if you do want to play with other people, that experience is a lot a lot smoother. Yeah, that's cool, man. So let, let's let's talk about some some solo games. You mentioned there about Rangers of Shadow Deep being a kind of the the main solo game that you're aware of, and and in terms of like tabletop games, non board based. I think I'd probably be inclined to agree. Can you think? I can't, can you think of any more kind of miniature non-board games that are solo in nature? There is one for um, Song of Blades and Heroes. I totally forget its name. It might be Song of something else, but uh, there is one that's designed with that mechanic in mind. I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. I've not properly checked it out just yet. But again, you know, I, I don't want loads of different games. I, I just want a few that I know. Um, and Rangers of Shadow Deep scratches that uh, solo slash cooperative itch for me so yeah so that that's a 
that's a fantasy skirmish game, I guess, by nature in terms of mm. trying to pitch, pigeonhole it. And that a song of Blades and Heroes, again, that's going to be a, a fantasy skirmish-esque game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not um, I'm not aware of, of, of many more. I'm thinking of in a sci-fi setting that's just non-board based. I struggle to think of any more. I know that there's been kind of adaptations that people have made to certain games at certain times, but that was mainly being lockdown stuff. And um, I, I play a few solo games, but they're all board based. Um, so there's the um, Valiant Defense um, series of games, which are done by uh, David Thompson. There's Castle Itter. There is um, soldiers and postmen's uniforms, and there's another one which eludes me. And they're like kind of you know solo um, war games. And there's also a game that I got recently called Final Girl, uh, which is um, it's like a horror game uh, where you are the the final girl. You're the last person alive, and or the last person fighting against a horror character, and you got to do different things to kind of survive. Uh, and rescue other people and, and maybe potentially kill the kill the bad guy too. So that, that's pretty good. Uh, one's just jumped to mind. Um, is it Don't Look Back, uh, which is a kind of, uh, that's by, um, ah, mate, tell you what, being out of the loop in terms of game stuff. Uh, Don't Look Back is by the people who make their MDF train. I forget for the life of me what they're called. Um, but they do like, that's like a horror, th- horror theme as well, where it's like a kind of evolving story where you are like maybe a cheerleader or like, the captain of the, the football team and then there's a there's a bad guy stalking about and you've got to you've got to move around the area kind of uh, discovering items and discovering stories and trying to take out the bad guy so they are around and the thing is as well is that there's a lot to be said about solo games in terms of personal enjoyment you know um have you have you heard of what an alpha gamer is do you know an alpha gamer no so an alpha gamer is is when you play solo or co-op someone that kind of like takes over and tries to run everything. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I guess when, when you've got a solo, so if you're playing co-op game, because, you know, Ranger of Shadow Deep is like a co-op game. Uh, when you're playing a co-op game, if you're playing with other people, sometimes there's one person that tries to take control and and tell everyone what to do instead of letting people find their own individual way, right? And equally, if you're playing a co-op game, you might have an idea about what you want to do. And then if someone else has got a different idea and disagrees, sometimes you spend time negatively talking about what you potentially want to do or feel like you're being shoved in a direction that you maybe don't want to go, which is a little bit um, suffocating sometimes for individual players. So when you Mm -hmm. play on your own, when you're playing on your own, you're not going to get that situation, right? You're going to be able to do whatever you want, whenever you do it. And there's going to be no one kind of telling you that you shouldn't, shouldn't do these things. True. I suppose that the flip side is the, the shared experience thing. Like I'm just thinking there, you could, you know, something spectacular could happen. And although you've enjoyed it, it's always good to have that wee chat afterwards. You know, how cool was that? So like, for example, you know, maybe you've got this snotlin on like his last half point of health and he just rolls like sixes, you know, 20 sixes in a row and kills ogres and trolls and everything. Like if that happened to you, I bet if you told somebody, they'd just be like, yeah, of course that happened. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's an important point. And the thing, the place where I'm at with, with solo games uh, is I, I think I would do it in preparation to play with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But if, I, if I'm playing on my own, I'd probably just go video game route, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I don't personally, I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm not saying it's out of order. Um, 
But you know, for me, if I'm playing, if I'm playing on my own and not in preparation to, to eventually play with somebody else, probably just play a video game instead. Uh, Zach off the Discord server, he swears by solo games. He plays uh, Shadows of Brimstone, like to death on his own and he really enjoys that and he really likes that um mm-hmm. and journeys in middle earth is another kind of solo slash co-op game uh like adventure game but it's, it's board based it's not kind of tabletop based well that that's something that, that can easily be done solo so there's a lot more board based games that have got solo um solo options to them and i think it's it's what's great about solo is that it seems to be coming more more into people's uh kind of sphere of of kind of view if that makes sense like a lot more people are talking about solo games a lot more games are coming out with with solo modes as well which is which is really good right because it's a it's a barrier to entry so if you can remove a barrier of entry uh like one of my most favorite games is undaunted uh undaunted normandy and undaunted north africa they've come out with a solo mode for that recently as well so it's like you're taking away a barrier so like i said at the, the the outset is that one of the most common reasons that people say about not playing games so much is because they've got no one to play with but you can play solo you know and that, that's really really helpful okay cool so we got convert an existing friend we've got uh play solo like say if we're looking to increase our games we don't have any friends we don't want to play in our own. <laughs> what else can we do? Did you know that, just like every other podcast out there, this show has its very own Patreon? But this is no ordinary Patreon. It's actually the worst Patreon ever. That's right, there's no rewards, no extras, no bonus content, no early access, no shout-outs, and no thank yous. I'll just take the money and quietly get on with making the show. Not that there's any money to take because hardly anyone's pledging to the thing. Like I say, it's the worst Patreon ever. Find it at bedroombattlefields.com slash worst Patreon ever. That's all one word, worst Patreon ever. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people will have um, a store or a shop, as I like to call them, or a club local to them. Maybe not so much a club, because if you've got that, you've probably solved the problem to start with. But uh, yeah, if you've got somewhere you go to buy your paints or your miniatures, and that might be a full GW, or it might just be one of those wee shops that like does some paints or either does a GW range or some other sort of range, uh, you could ask behind the counter there or even post some sort of wee ad if they'd let you. You know, I'm, I'm sure if you're going in there and buying stuff, the person's going to be happy to help you keep enjoying that hobby because that's ultimately beneficial to them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, re- reaching out in the local store, like, you know, I think we've all, if you're into this, if you listen to this, you've probably been to a local store, right? And you you either get asked or you could ask about, you know, what potentially goes on. I know that a lot of shops, they have like a weekly um, kind of itinerary that they put up. So it's like Monday's magic night, Tuesday's sci-fi night, Wednesday's fantasy night. And they have different, tend to have different nights. Um, there's, there's one that always pops up in my social media called Just Play, uh, which is a game store in, um, in Liverpool. And they have regular nights and they're regularly encouraging people to be like, come in on this night if you are interested in this, you know, so that's something to look out for too, is because someone might not tell you about it, but it's, it's up on the walls and they advertise it. And then, so you don't even necessarily need to go and play that night. You could just be popping by to pick up some paints on that particular day and just kind of seeing, 
you know, from afar, like what people are doing and just kind of like uh, wonder about a little bit, ask a few questions, right? Yeah, I I mean, if you've got a, if you've got a shop in your area that's doing any, uh, you know, any sort of hobby stuff, it's a no-brainer to at least use them as a soundboard to to try and locate somebody. Like I say, they'll, they'll, they'll want to help you do that because if you lose interest, they lose a customer. So it's totally in their interests. How, how confident are you, though? Like, have you done that? Have you gone into the store and said, excuse me, sir, I would like to play Rangers of Shadow Deep if you've got this <laughs> facility available? You know, it takes a lot of confidence to do that. So are you a confident person that would go and do that? I've only not done it because, like you're saying, talking about going back to the very first thing about how often do you want to play, um, I'm not somebody who has a lot of slots for games lined up, so there's no real point in me doing that right now. I'm not saying I won't do it in the future. Um, my other slight reservation is just it's these these environments can be very GW heavy, and I'm I'm just I'm not looking to get into 40k or that modern uh, 40k or Sigmar or anything like that. I'm just not looking to to get into a new game and do the whole starting from scratch. So. Um, maybe that's one of the other reasons I've not gone down this route. Well, let, let's say you haven't got Robert, right? You don't want to play with yourself. You don't want to convert a mate. Like, what what would you do? I think I'd, I'd go in and um, probably just ask about um, if they know anyone doing some Frostgrave. You know, one of Joe McCulloch's games, always up for those for multiple reasons. Like, you don't need to go and buy loads of stuff for them or that. So, um but I don't know if the I don't know if the shop would be my first protocol. I think it'd probably be one of the other options that we're we're going to talk okay. about. Okay, yeah, that that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like um, like I, I probably would say if 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 that is an option, you you think about going into a shop, going into the shop at different times, different days, different nights when other games are going on, like that 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 would might be a good shout. Like I I kind of like um. <laughs> finding finding new players to play i often like liken to like looking for a romantic relationship right and i think about the different romantic relationships that i've had in my life where have i met these people and i liken the game store to like the nightclub right <laughs> I, I, i've never i've never met a decent a decent romantic partner in a nightclub right you might meet somebody that you knock around with for a bit but it's that whole scenario of you go to a nightclub, you, you're both kind of juiced up or whatever, and then you'd speak to them the next day or you meet them a different time. And they're, they're very, they could potentially be very different than what you thought they were that night. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I've found, and I might be completely wrong. I might be talking shit here. But like from my point of view, my, my experiences of meeting people in game stores, at the game stores, uh, has been has been less successful than cultivating people that I already kind of kind of know because the, they're in a, in a I found it, and this is maybe just in America it's no criticism whatsoever but the personality in the game store was the personality that they are looking to portray and not necessarily their true personality if that makes sense it was a little bit like a very big flamboyant social thing and it was like i don't know people acted a little bit different in the game store and the and it was like you're not quite sure if you're going to mesh mesh with these people or not you're not quite sure if they're going to play the game in the the way that you kind of want it to be played so you kind of you kind of follow along with that and so mm-hmm. i'm not saying i'm not saying for me it's i won't ever do it but i've just found that i've, I've 
converted friends. I've, I've played some solo games and I've, I've met people at a game store. And, and out of those three, the game store has been the most fraught in terms of connect, finding a connection. But having said that, you have to break that ice at some point. Because if, if you don't have friends that want to play and you want to play, the game store is a place where people will all want to. That's the common thread that binds everyone there is that everyone wants to play games. That's why they're there. You just got to find the right sort of person that you jive with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's say we don't want to do that, that, that straight away. Like we don't necessarily want to go to the store. We're a bit shy. You know, we, we don't want to like, you know, is there anything else that we can do? Yeah, well, to go, to go back to the dating analogy, I suppose, like there was a, uh, there was that app, it's called Game4, um, which I downloaded again, going back to just before the pandemic hit. So I think at the moment you can't get it. I think it's in, I think it's it's getting a total overhaul. I think they pulled it down because there was no point in having it up there for a couple of years, maybe. Um, but the last I checked, it's it's still like it's going to be coming back. It's like I say, it's called Game Four, just one word. So um, I went on there. Would have been like early twenty twenty, uh, and I found somebody who was up for a game of Frostgrave in my area. I actually found somebody, and then the app died, and we'd never um, we'd never swapped phone numbers or oh, email no. addresses. So I've just I lost them. He's lost to me. Um, hey, that's a sad story. I know, but you never know, you know, if the app comes back. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure there'll be more of these sort of apps pop up. It, it, it's just, it's it's probably something that not a lot of developers were, were interested in, maybe investing in it in the last couple of years with the way things have been. But we're, we're through that now. Um, and hopefully we see a bit more of this, this sort of technology making this sort of stuff a bit easier. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, there's certain people that want to play a certain game in your area. So like, talk us through the interface and how would you interact with, with those people? It'd been a couple of years ago. Um, that was a lot of beer ago. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could prop. I think you, 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 had your, you had your profile and it would maybe say, like, here's your... Here's your, I don't know, your postcode, your location, your town. Uh, we've got gamers within 10 miles of you. Here they are, you know. You, you click on there. And it was weird because there was wee photos and that. It, it felt a bit seedy. Now that I'm, this now sounds that I'm, very seedy. <laughs> now that I'm talking about it, it did. It did. It really did. Um, what I'd like to see, what I'd like to see is a system. Somebody's going to steal this and make loads of money. So I'm somebody, again, I keep mentioning I'm a friend of the show, Joe McCulloch. Uh, at least I'm. I like him. He probably doesn't like me. But say Joe, <laughs> say Joe had access to an app, right? And it was all about like it was like a database of like here are my games, here are all the players of my games who've registered on this, and it just shows you where they are. So I log into the the Joe McCulloch gaming section of this app. And it says, you know, 10 Frostgrave players within 20 miles, uh, 15 Stargrave players, Rangers of Shadowdeep players, a couple of these other games. Um, so he could just like sign up to that and be part of it, basically. So yeah. then you're specific. Then you're not having to do the whole what games do you play and, you know, what eras of the games do you play and that. It's just more straight up like, here are the games I play, here's where I live. Uh, do you fancy? Do you fancy hooking up? So Beryl is in your area. Um, yeah. No, no. yeah, no, no, it makes sense. Yeah, that, that does make sense to me because that, that's that's when we talk about like the, the social thing, the social aspect of it. It's like 
you kind of want to just cut to the chase, right? You want to, you want to cut the chit chat and you want to, you want to get down to, to the nitty gritty of what you, what you want out of it. Right. So when you're trying to convert a friend that might take a lot of time, it might take a lot of effort. And, and like you're saying about the teach, you know, it might take you, uh, it takes a lot of, a lot of, a lot of effort to get that happening. You know, you have to play the game yourself. You have to figure out all of the games so that when that other person comes into that environment, you've done all the hard work, right? Whereas if you're using an app like this, or maybe you go into a store, then you could be getting the teach from somebody else, somebody else who wants to give the teach, or you're, you're both entering into it for the, for the same reason. It's like, I want to play Frostgrave. You want to play Frostgrave. Happy days. We've got that connection. So the connection is more likely to be a stronger bond because you're both entering into it with the, with the same intent. So that mm. might be a positive thing, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just, again, that whole thing of, you know, a person who plays this same game, they're bringing their own warband. What are they going to bring? Yeah. You know, we've maybe yeah. agreed on a certain level, but, you know, I'm, I'm up against these new minis. I've never seen them before. What are they going to do? And so that there's a whole interesting layer to that as well. Yeah, I guess it avoids that kind of... Um... Um, I'm not going to be a sexist stereotype, but let's say your partner, the indecisive partner restaurant routine, right? Where you're like, are you hungry? Yeah. What do you want? Don't know. Should we go to this place? No. Should we go to that place? No. Should we go to this place? No. What do you want? Don't know. Well, let's not do anything now. Oh, no, but I'm hungry. You know, that, that, that whole situation is like you kind of cut that out with this app or maybe going into a game store and it's like, you cut all that out. It's like, I'm hungry. What do you want? Burger and chips. Brilliant. I want burger and chips too. Let's have that. It kind of cuts out a lot of that um, interplay that you might have to go through if you convert an a, a, a existing friend or equally, sometimes you might not want to convert a friend that you currently have because you might want to broaden your horizon or you might want to leave that relationship that you have with your friend in that compartment. You might not want to escalate that friendship. You know, you might want to, you might want to have increase your widen your, your kind of, um, experience of friends and, and widen your friendship group. Um, yeah. And, and you might want to just, because I, 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 I mentioned this because I quite often when I socialize with my work friends, our common thread is work. So naturally you spend some time talking about work, which personally I don't want to do. I love my work. I enjoy my work, but when I'm done, I'm done. And I don't want, I need that. I need that mental break. I need the flow state in a different area without bringing me back to this other thing. So maybe that's a negative, a converting a, a, a existing friend is you might be talking about things that you don't really want to talk about so much. You want to go and do something else. And when, when your common frame of reference is something very, very different, like Frostgrave, for example, or any game that you're playing, then that you you want to talk about that more. You want to interact with that more. So that's a positive thing, right? Yeah, I think as well, like not to dwell on the point, but if it's sometimes, you know, if you are, if you were hypothetically meeting a pal to play a game, you've got loads of other things in common. You could spend the first 45 minutes chatting shit about something that you're both interested yeah. in. And it's hard for one of you to say, should we start this game? Whereas if you've done the transaction on the internet, you know, <laughs> let's, let's meet up, let's do this game. You know, it's straight to business, clothes off. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. If I'm playing a game, I'm playing a game. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be talking chit chat. I don't want any soft talk. I'm straight, straight in. Give me the hard stuff. <laughs> you've got the you've got the the orange in the mouth and the mask on. <laughs> we both know why we're here. Let's yeah. just get involved. Um, yeah, so that that's the important, important thing. I quite like that. I quite like compartmentalized friends. 
I, I quite like that. It keeps it simple and clear cut. And I, I do quite like that. I like having a gaming friend. I like having work friend. I, I like that distinction. I really, I really, really do. Um, but your next note was post the paper ad <laughs> or a library notice board. Legit. Do you think that still happens? Do you think some people post an ad in a paper saying, hey, Dan, 37, looking for a, <laughs> looking for a game, yeah. <laughs> looking for a monthly game? Do you, you know what? I, I don't. I don't know that the paper. I don't know that the paper is the option. Um, but I think the community center or the library could be an old school option. Like this, this could be very hit or miss. But say, for example, there's a community center that's fairly busy. You know, maybe there's like a chess club or a snooker club or whatever. Who knows? Like, how much effort yep. would it take just to put a wee bit of paper up? You know, can I can I leave this here? Um, and it's just, you know, I'm interested in playing. And you could just mention some of the more famous games, you know, Warhammer-esque games or something like that, um, miniature yeah. games, whatever. And who knows? Like, um, it would take you possibly 10 minutes to do it. Um, yeah. And you... and we have, I had a chuckle about that, but there's actually something that's very, very um, important to know is, is, is that you, you meet strange or good people in strange places, and in strange situations, don't you? And you, you? and you never know what other people are thinking. And there's lots of people who might, and I ask this question a lot to people on, on shows and things like that, like how, how saturated do you believe our hobby to be? Do you believe that everyone who could be interested in this hobby is aware of it and has chosen it or not? Or do you believe that there's a whole audience of people who might potentially be interested in it if they were introduced to it in the correct way. Does that kind of make sense? Mm, mm. So you talk, you talk about like a, a paper, newspaper advertisement or like something in the local store or library or whatever and, and just put up a, an ad. How long would that take? Minutes. But if you get one decent gaming friend out of it, you, you, find, you find great people in very strange places. And, and you never know. That, that could be what that person has been looking for. They just didn't know it. You know, and, and forming that connection. So I wouldn't, yeah, I had a chuckle at it. But then when you actually think about it, you think, what what's the what's the worst that could happen? You could get an axe murder come around to your house. I guess that's <laughs> the worst thing that could happen. But you know what I mean? The potential of a positive connection is huge, right? From that that just just taking that time to try to reach out to people. Yeah, and like I say, if if the community center or, or library in question, you know, if it if it actively has folks going along doing things like snooker and chess, those are people who like to just get out the house and do a wee activity. So yep. by that means they're more receptive to probably trying out something like this too. So um, there's a place. There's a place in Wales called the Shed, and what the Shed is is it's just a, a kind of a big area, indoor area that's got like sanders and saws and screwdrivers and tools and wood. And it's got a kettle and it's got some biscuits and it's just open. And it's like aimed at like middle-aged fellas, middle-aged fellas don't stereotypically tend to be the best socially. Um, they don't tend to socialize as much. They don't tend to talk about feelings and emotions and things as much. They tend to suppress the feelings as opposed to uh, explore and get involved. And so this, this place called the shed opens and it's just for fellas to go down there and just to make like a spice rack and have a brew. And then other fellas who want to make, I don't know, a 
uh, shoehorn <laughs> can go there and they just they just hang out if that kind of makes sense and yeah. so it, it's it's my, it's my belief that that millions of us are quite quite lonely and we're not quite sure what to do or how to interact with people and and board games and tabletop war games are a way to focus on something other than chit chat which a lot of us aren't that great at and so like like going back to the the advertisement or the library or or whatever it is like you could find a really great friend who wants to start a new hobby but that person just isn't quite sure what to do or how to do it and so that that could be something that's that's really important like you know, and, it, and it's in those places that you wouldn't expect. Why? Because it's off the beaten track. If you go to the game store, everyone that goes to the game store already likes those games. But if you're doing it in a place that's unrelated, like, you know, the supermarket checkout areas, I know the supermarket checkout areas, they often have notice boards and different things like that where people are buying and selling stuff. You just never know who's going to read it. And I, I, I'm not doing it wrong. I'm not going to be like, you know, self-inflating my ego to the point of that I'm, I'm saving lives you know i've saved a, a guy from suicide because he's coming and playing games with me it's, it's not it's not about that i guess it's a i guess it's a simple act of kindness right it's it's a it's a it's an outreached hand that's what it is you're extending an, a hand out and you never know who might grab it and some of them might be is some of them might be negative but a lot of it's probably going to be positive because a lot of people are just nice people, aren't they? Like it's my belief as well is that the majority of us are, are nice people and yeah, just, just reaching out in through a unconventional means is something that might really benefit both people. Right. Yeah. And, and loneliness is such a big issue after the, the last couple of years too. Um, you know, people, I think it hit home just how much we need social connection and you know, online's great, but nothing beats, in person interaction um yeah just riff, riffing off the back of this idea and this isn't something i wrote down because it's way out of left field but it's, it's kind of kind of similar in some ways so what about you uh you mail blast your local community so say you have like i don't know <laughs> you have like you take the surrounding uh 20 streets that around you or you could do your whole town you could just spend like 200 quid on this right you get a wee leaflet and you write down, you know, <laughs> going to be starting a games club in the area, this sort of games, uh, again, Warhammer-esque, miniature games, whatever, and just an email address on it. You probably get a couple of kids emailing you or signing you up to something. But, uh, you know, yeah. again, if you got one person and you played games with them yeah. for the rest of your life, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's loads of public spaces that are accessible. Uh, and the UK especially, there's so many different community halls and different things which are, which are spaces that you can, you can rent out. I mean, even like even a pub. I mean, I, I've done this myself, is that I spoke to a cafe and said, hey, uh, is it possible... For, for you to open outside of your normal hours. If I can, if I can bring five people in, would you open for us? And they said, yeah, as long as those people are going to be understanding that we've opened for them and, and that, that, you know, we'd like everyone to buy a coffee and a bagel, then we'll do it. Then it's, it's in their best in, best interest because it's a time that they would have been closed anyway. 
And mm-hmm. so all they need is one person. It's usually been the owner, so they're not paying wages or anything like that. The owner just sticks around for three hours, especially if the owner is interested in it as well. The way place that I did that the owner wasn't interested, they were just sat there reading a book. But to them, it's no big deal. But then when we had this board game event, we, 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 people loved it. It was really good. And, and it then became like a regular thing. Like I'm not even part of it anymore, but it became a regular thing where people would go and do that. And so the, where there's a will, there's a way. I think that's, that's the message. You're saying like, you know, mail drop your local area or whatever it is. But you know what? It's like saying, hey, I'm going to be at this place. Uh, no, and you, it's the way you frame it. And it's about how confident you are, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm fairly confident with it. So it's like, um, are you bored? Are you <laughs> wanting more friends? I'm going to be at, you know, this library at this day playing some board games. It's free. Come and hang out if you want to. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, and it might not even be you that makes that connection or makes that friend. It might be somebody else. But, but being that glue, that social glue, taking a chance, rolling the dice, you know, being the change that you want to see, doing something that's good, doing something that brings people together is, 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 is brilliant. You know, why not do that? You're totally right. Do you think uh, on the night when you get together and everyone's like, so who was the guy who sent out the, 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 the blast? <laughs> You're like, don't know, mate. I just, uh, just came along like you guys. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends on how it's, how it's going. If it's going great. And yeah, yeah, it was me. Yeah, yeah it, was it was actually me. Yeah. Me, yeah. Yeah, it's going badly. Um, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thinking le- literally letterboxes. You know, house doing Old doing school. every every door. Uh, you could hire people that would do that. Um, I think I'd uh, hire a plane with a big sign off the back. Yeah, of it. just drop them. The, no, just, just fly around the city. You know, you make those big signs that come off the back of the plane. Oh yeah, aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fly around the city for an afternoon. You know, for a good time. Call <laughs> zero eight seven. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. But I think that that inventiveness, that creativeness, is 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 something that if you want, if you genuinely want to play more games, like don't get me wrong. The best scenario is you just make a marginal small effort to interact, and you uncover an already established system that you can just plug straight into that's what we all want right mm-hmm. you want to just go to the shop and say i want to, i want to play with Frostgrave, and they go oh well that's great because tuesday wednesday thursday 20 people come each day and play Frostgrave, and they're always looking for new players and you go oh brilliant thank you like that's what we all want right but what i've found is that that doesn't often exist yeah and if and if and if it does if it does exist the people that are doing those things, you don't necessarily always engage with fully because that system has already been created. That mm-hmm. world has already been created and you have to go and live in that world. Whereas if you're the person that does that, you get to create that world that you want to see instead of maybe being part of a world that's already been created. So we all want that all fully established system that we really engage with and we go. I mean, to use an example, uh, on our Discord server now, we're, we're in the middle of uh, another league. Like we're doing, we do leagues regularly. And I run the leagues and no one else has run it, ever run any of the leagues. A couple of people have tried to run the leagues and it's not a criticism of them, but it's a pain in the ass to run the league. You have to organize the fixtures. You have to update the table. You have to, you know, uh, chivvy people along if they're not fulfilling the fixtures and figure out what, what needs to be fixed and stuff like that. It, it takes a lot of time. And I think people just presume that I like that. And it's all right, but I'd rather not do it. I'd rather someone else do it. But it's the point where it's like, well, if I didn't do it, then we wouldn't have a league. Yeah, but having said that, all things considered, it's worth it because everyone's playing a game every week 
every like your people in Australia, people in Europe, people in North America um, that, that are getting together every week and playing at least one game together, which is pretty special. But if I wasn't doing that, that wouldn't happen. So that's the thing with it is that you, th- you, you, you want to play more games, make more games occur. And you need, uh, you know, you could just have one friend that you play games with, or you could create 10 people that not only play you, but they also play with each other. So yeah, man. Yeah. Get higher the plane, fly around the city, post, post letters in everyone's letterbox, you know, be inventive, be creative. Cause you never know what might come up and, and, and take and extending it beyond your borders is there might be someone sitting bored out the red watching telly of a night that would love playing games with you. They just don't know it yet because they haven't had the opportunity. And then that little leaflet drops through the door like an answer from heaven. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, probably not, but maybe. <laughs> 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 we've, we've kind of left the most obvious one till, till last, right? So what, what might be, you know, we've gone around the houses here and you might think, you know, I don't want to play solo. I don't want to go into the game store. I don't want to post an ad in a paper. Like this is the thing that, why haven't you mentioned this? I guess people have been screaming for a while. So what, what might be the most obvious thing that people could do to play more? Yeah, social media, um, which in the main, I have a really negative opinion of, but I can't argue that there are some good positives of it. Um, particularly, uh, you know, there's a lot of very good groups on platforms like Facebook that are dedicated to either an era or an aesthetic or a particular game and these could have thousands of members so if you just pop in there and say hey anyone from wherever you know Scotland <laughs> or or narrow it down even more um, then you might well find you know it's reasonable to think that you might find somebody in your area so that yeah. is that is a low-hanging fruit definitely yeah I always say that's the that's the you know the apart from the game store, that's the most low hanging in terms of like the level of effort it takes to do it. I say game store is, is the easiest, um, but most fraught in my opinion, but doesn't always necessarily be that good as my personal experience. Um, yeah. Face, Facebook, you can go onto Facebook and you can type in anything. You could type in like, uh, 32 millimeter, um, labradoodles and it probably would be, a, a group for that yeah, well, <laughs> you like 10,000 right? people in it <laughs> yeah um so yeah that that is always, it was a good good place uh, but you can't always guarantee locations on that a lot of those groups are worldwide right yeah i think you've just got to, to fire a message out and mm. just um just say you know here i am <laughs> come and get me lads uh, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the thing, though, is that like going back to kind of the, the start as we kind of try and bring it full circle, like a lot of people say, like, I want to play more. Um, and my kind of response that sometimes I vo- a voice and sometimes I don't is always like, yeah, but do you, though? Do you actually want to play more games, though? Because you say that you do, but you do very little to actually play games. And I know that might sound a little bit mean, and it's not intended to be mean, but for me, it's like, if, if I want to do something, I'll find a way to do it. Like if I genuinely want to do something, I'll, I'll, I'll do not everything I can. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like moving mountains just to roll some dice for a day. But if I genuinely seriously want to do something, I'll, I'll find a way to do it. So if someone's saying like, Oh, I really want to play more games. Like internally, most of the time I'm like, yeah, but dear though, because if you did, you just go and do it. Right. Am I wrong? Am I out of order? Am I mean? Or do you, do you kind of agree? 
No, I mean, I think there's there's always wee caveats and bits and pieces with, with the individual about reasons that it might not be possible, at least all the time. But I think what we've uncovered here, without a huge amount of effort, to be honest, is just that there are loads of ways. Don't What I'm trying to say is if if you're prepared to make time to play then not being able to find someone is probably not an, probably not an obstacle because there's loads of ways you could find people. Again, there are exceptions. You could live a thousand miles from any other human, in which case, fair enough, you know, you're stuck online or with solo. But for most people, mm. one of these things we've talked about will at least find on one person, I would think. Yeah, and there's, there's kind of two things that I wanted to talk about to kind of round round this out. And, and the first one is story from a, a fella in, in America who, who really wanted to play a certain game. And what he did is he just, he just went to the store with his, he created two demo forces for this game, really well painted. And he, so he, he learned the game, he painted up two demo forces and he said to the person in the store, like, is it okay if I come? on Tuesday night and just kind of set up my, the game and just, just wait and like paint and uh, just, just see if anyone comes by. And so what he did is he just every Tuesday for like six to eight weeks, I think it was, he just went like, say on a Tuesday, I can't remember exactly when it was. He just went every Tuesday for like six to eight weeks. And he like put on, he put on Facebook, he told the store owner, I think he put a little poster up and he just went and sat there. And he was like saying the first couple of weeks, like maybe one or two people came and were like, Hey man, how's it going? And he was just painting. And he was like, Oh, Hey, do you want to come play this game? And they were like, no, 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 I need to go. I'm just coming for some paints. But he's like said by like the third, fourth week, he was starting to get people that would come and try a demo game. And some people tried a demo game and didn't really like it. Never really saw again, but that, that, that's good, man. This person put in like a sustained level of effort to really make it happen. Right. And that, that's something that, that can be done. Is everyone going to do that? Probably not, but that, that's good dedication. That was the kind of first thing that I kind of wanted to mention. And the second thing was like, don't discount uh, like things like Tabletop Simulator. I play uh, a lot of Tabletop Simulator games, not because I believe them to be better, but it's a lot more accessible in terms of it takes away a lot of barriers to entry. Because if you think about the time it takes to arrange a game with somebody else, go to a store, have a little bit of a chit chat either before and after the game or, or either. Um, it, it's a, it's a big time commitment, the travel there, the travel back, the chit chat between the go into a store, you know, that there's, there's a bigger commitment in that than just saying, Hey man, do you fancy a game? Uh, yeah. Okay. When can we play seven o'clock on Thursday? No problem. And then you're on tabletop simulator. It's on straight away. You don't need to leave the comfort of your own home. If you've got a young family, you know, if you need to be around, if you're a carer for, for a family member or something like that, you, you're, you're right there. If, if, if you need to break off the game, you can do, you can save it, come back to it later. Like, like for me, like not discounting tabletop simulator. If you want to play more games, I, I would say that that not discounting tabletop simulator is something that's that's really important. I don't particularly like it with true line of sight, like uh, trying to get sight lines and also measuring inches. You can do it. It's I, I don't think that's its best its best area. Like board based games are a lot better, um, but I've also enjoyed it because instead of instead of just having to play who's in my vicinity, Beryl Beryl from Beryl from Berwick. Is, is, is waiting to play. Instead of just playing the people in my area, I'm able to choose the people I play. 
And so I'm having better gaming experiences because I'm, I'm able to choose players who I um, mesh with better as opposed to just saying, well, if I want to play this game, I have to play Big John. And he's a bit of a prick, but he's the only person that plays it. So yeah, like one, dedication to go to the store and put yourself in the shop window, so to speak. Take your game, sit there, wait for a fish to swim by. Option one, to get more games. Option two, don't discount Tabletop Simulator. And that'll help you out of a lot of situations because I'm sure we've all been there where it's like, I really want to go to the gym, but I can't be asked leaving the house. I really want to play a game, but the game still is 45 minutes away and it's an hour away from a mate. You know, there's a, there's a big commitment in there. There you go then. Problem solved, isn't it? Uh, thanks very much for taking the time to listen. I really hope that was useful and you can check out both podcasts' respective websites at paintalltheminis.com and bedroombattlefields.com. Be sure to subscribe or follow both shows on your listening app of choice too. Just search for Paint All The Minis and Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. Right, I'm off to print out 60,000 leaflets and post them through the doors around here. Wish me luck and if all goes well, I'll speak to you on the next one.